0: On today's podcast, we have Chris Whitlow, the founder and CEO of Educate. Chris, we appreciate you coming back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, credit card debt. This is something that how many people would you say struggle every day and are stressed out because of their
1: credit card debt? I would say a lot of people are struggling with credit card debt. I think it means something different to everybody. So for some folks, it may just be, you know, a few hundred dollars and that's what stress them out and for others they have a, a higher capacity to manage that stress with a larger balance but whatever is uncomfortable for you or is preventing you to do the things that you want to do or achieve the the goals that you want to achieve then it's an issue and you need to address it.
0: So I know a lot of people who have credit card debt uh, it's something that you hear about a lot especially nowadays where people take on more and more debt um, and get themselves into situations that they can't really handle Chris, what's your experience with credit and debt, and why does it interest you? Why is it something that matters a lot to you?
1: You know, debt and credit scores in general are something that they won't really teach you in high school or college, um, and everyone kind of figures it out at some point in their life. And I was in a unique situation growing up where my parents worked in car, the car industry and I had an opportunity to kind of work in the finance department and in the in the sales department to understand, you know, what that process was like and, and to help my, my parents along the way. And I remember um, just being enamored with the credit score, just understanding that there is this thing coming out of the this paper coming out of the machine that was showing all this history. And I wanted to really understand what did all these numbers mean. And so I spent a lot of time really researching um, how the credit score worked and why certain factors um, kind of affected it. And later on in my life, I found myself uh, actually helping people, talking them through the different ways that they could improve their credit score that ultimately could get them the the lower interest rate that they wanted or you know, purchase the vehicle that was more um, uh, kind of appropriate for them. But it was interesting to me how many people just didn't really understand that they had this score and what it meant and how they could change it. So one of the first things I think would be helpful
0: is it used to be you hear of someone talking about their credit score and they called it their FICO. That was like the standard, the score they were talking about. Now there's a lot of different scales or systems of calculation. What are the differences between your credit scores? Where can you find the different ones? What do they mean? What should you care about?
1: Yeah. So the FICO score is the Fair Isaac score. It's an organization that helps entities create a scoring methodology for their business. And so you probably know the three different big um, credit uh, bureaus. You have TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Um, They kind of have their own independent version of the FICO score to generate that score, depending on the different business needs of uh, their customers. But then they collectively came together and created the Vantage score and you might know of the Vantage 3.0 if you've used any of the online services um, where they're generating a score for you. Um, and that score tends to be a slightly more consumer-friendly. Um, when you pull that score, it's not you know, lowering your score. It's not a hard hit on your on your credit score, um, but it's giving you some indication of your payment history, of your debt utilization versus your available credit um, and the accounts that you have. But it certainly is different. And you'll find that with the FICO score, it can be different from different businesses that you go to or the different type of credit you're trying to apply for.
0: Do you know the differences of how they calculate those numbers? And should you care about one more than the other? What, are, what do lenders look at when you go to apply for a loan?
1: Yeah, if you look at a fico score it's going to be more influential around your payment history the types of loans that you have, or those auto loans, is it a mortgage? And more importantly, the revolving accounts that you have, which are credit cards, right? So, am I getting a, you know, a, a department card at a at a mall, or do I have a gas card? Those are revolving credit lines that that um, that come on a card. Versus the Vantage Score, the most influential thing they're looking at is really your payment history. They're not really concerned as much about the type of credit that you have, but how well you pay. And the fact that you pay on time is the most influential thing. The reason why the FICO score um, has that, uh, that variability on the types of credit is because the different credit bureaus are primarily used for getting different types of credit. So a mortgage or a car um, is going to use a different bureau system or they're going to use a collection of the three to understand uh, your credit in its totality
0: it's very easy for people to ignore their credit problems. You may know in the back of your mind that you did something stupid when you were young, your credit score's lower than you want, maybe you're ignoring paying some delinquent charge or something. I think your advice would be, and the advice that we give to people here at Educate is start by pulling your credit report. So annually you get a free credit report from all three bureaus, you can check your numbers, you can see your report. When you do that, after you do that, What are those steps when you see the problem with your credit score that you can take to begin to make progress towards improving it?
1: Well, I think it's important for everyone to understand that you know, your credit score is a dynamic thing. It's going to move and ebb and flow with you. Um, and having a low score is not the end of the world. Uh, but it's understanding the small things that you can be doing in order to improve that score. One thing is is not to have your score pulled at lots of different places. If you're applying for different types of credit, they're going to pull those scores. And that ultimately is going to show that you are interested in getting credit. And and that interest in getting credit just naturally starts to to pull your score down over time. The second thing is is a minimum payment is the minimum payment that you should be paying On the time period it should be paid if you don't pay that minimum payment within the 30-day period and not all billing cycles are the same so you need to check with your um, lender to make sure that you know when you send that payment in late when it hits 30 days that's how credit bureaus measure it's a 30 60 90 day late period you have to make sure that you're not paying your payments late that you have those minimum payments going into and ideally in order to pay them off you're paying more than the minimum Um, the third thing I would be looking for is the utilization of your credit so oftentimes you may have one or two different types of credit cards and you're thinking about how do I pay for something can I put everything on this credit card well when you look at your utilization of credit what they're looking at is is how much available credit do you have versus how much have you used and when that number starts to get high uh, you start to get dinged on your credit as well so being able to pay those balances off so that you can reduce that credit utilization is going to help you tremendously and then it's also understanding the differences between what some people would consider good credit versus bad credit right so things like a mortgage or Student loans or a car payment for an individual those are fixed long-term assets that are considered good credit but in some cases having revolving credit or credit like a credit card or a gas card or a department card or getting second mortgages or having a refinancing of student loans or multiple um, refinancing excuse me of, of loans or having multiple auto loans on your on your credit report that can start to affect your credit as well because those types of things are gonna to start to bring down your credit overall. So understanding your credit, pulling it like you had said, and then looking at it, breaking it down, what are some of the baby steps that you can do can certainly help improve your score over the year.
0: So I have a confession. When I, when I first got out of high school, I made stupid decisions I think I got like $300 on a credit card that I never paid and I just ignored it and pretended it wasn't there. And a couple years ago, I really buckled down and decided it was time to do something about that stupid $300 debt. And my advice would be take an action immediately. Do something. So I started and I called the company. I called the company I owed the debt to. I told them my story and they were happy to work out a payment plan for me. And I paid it off in, you know, two months or something. And it had done a number on my credit score, but over time, my score, which was being brought down by something so stupid, has almost completely recovered. And now I'm at a place where it's time to start a family and buy a house. And if I hadn't taken those steps then and bitten the bullet, and I don't know that I'd be in a place where I could do that now. And I can only imagine how much better it'd be if I'd done it before. So my advice to everyone is don't pretend like it's not there. Don't pretend like it's just going to go away. If you do something now, people are willing to work with you. It's going to serve you better in the long run because credit can't be repaired overnight. It does take time to build it back up.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, most people don't realize that one late payment, one 30-day late payment can lead to a seven-year stain on your credit report. Now, obviously, the older that it is, and the better payment history you have recently, is going to improve your score. But when you pull your report, if you've had something negative on your credit report over the last seven years, it's going to show up. The good news about that is, is everything's only seven years away from dropping off and and um, you kind of starting over. But I think what you had mentioned earlier was the term, maybe laziness or, you know, not thinking about it. That is so easy for someone to just think out of sight, out of mind. It's, you know, I don't need to worry about that. And then it creeps up on you. Having a system in place, whether you're using a, an online tool or you go into your your banking and you do automatic payments, some way that you can help remember to make sure that you're at least making those minimum payments are gonna help you um, to not have that seven year uh, kind of scar that, that sits on your credit report, that could effectively lower your score. So we know
0: what a credit score is now, what it's comprised of. We know that it's silly not to bite the bullet, take a look at your credit report, begin to knock off the things that you can do now, you can do today to take steps towards it. What are some other tips? Uh, do you recommend any tools to monitor your credit, whether it's against fraud or just maybe something that you forgot about or you're not aware of that's sitting on your credit report?
1: Well, the simple tool is is to make sure you get your free credit report every year because you're, you're entitled to get a free credit report from each one of the, the larger credit providers. There's also businesses out there that can pull your credit for free. Now, keep in mind, they're going to use your credit in order to help sell you products or refer to you um, solutions that, you know, they could earn money on so I just would be cognizant of that but I think you know one of the things I'm reading here and it's important to note is that 66 percent of Americans have a good FICO score, as reported by Experian. Um, and that's a good thing, I mean, that Americans are taking advantage of, uh, of their credit, that they're making sure that they're more cognizant of their credit, and it's easy to kind of neglect, but knowing that you can do some simple things is an easy way for you to to kind of go in and, and take make sure that 2019 is something where you can tackle your credit, you can actually improve your score over time. Measure it today, um, and then do those those things that you can do, and then measure it again down the road. Um, there's many ways that you can get access to your credit score without it impacting your score.
0: So, what are the pros and cons of credit? Is there validity to people who you know really don't want to take on credit? They don't care about their credit score. They choose to live that lifestyle what are you looking to accomplish and what is the purpose of building healthy credit over time
1: well i think people often forget what credit is used for it's not a way of judging you or a way of, of measuring you it's a way for in a business to really evaluate your history of why or why not should they be lending you money um, and without knowing you personally, and to be able to measure your payment integrity, it's very difficult for them to do that without the score. Um, and so that's why it's so important to just understand what is your credit, um, where do you stand, and what are some of the things that you can do in case you you had made mistakes in the past to to correct those. Um, credit is a healthy thing. Uh, if if you know, I've heard in the past people say, "Well, I don't want any credit." Like, I don't use any credit cards. And that's not necessarily a good thing either because if, if you need something from me, you want to rent a home, you want to purchase a home, you want to enter into a business relationship together, um, you want to get auto insurance, likely they're going to pull your credit history because they it's the only way that they can measure your, your payment integrity uh, because they don't know you personally. And so it's important that even if you pay your credit balances off each and every single month... Go ahead and continue to use one or two cards and continue to pay it off just so that you show that there is some transaction history there. You do not want your transaction history to completely go away. Um, I've talked to people in the past who said, well, I paid off all my debt and that's it. I'm done. But keep in mind, when that seven years passes, all of that history is going to fall off. So you don't want to have a cliff of seven years of no history and they go, well, who are you? I don't, there's no history for you anymore because you had paid everything off. Maintaining credit and maintaining good credit, even if you don't use the credit, is equally as important as just making sure that you have a good credit score and that you are, you're keeping it, you're, you're maintaining it, right? You're doing the maintenance necessary each and every year to maintain a great score. I think it's important to note that credit scores do not look at your age. They're not looking at your your race or your religion or your national origin. Um, they don't take your salary, your occupation into consideration. They're not looking at your employment history. They don't care about where you live. So what they're looking at is really your payment integrity. What types of credit have you had in the past? How well have you paid on that credit? How well have you managed it? And then how much credit utilization do you have? Are you, are you maximizing every piece of credit that you have and then you're kind of maxed out? Or do you have a responsible use for credit? That's primarily how your score is going to be determined. So one thing I want to talk to the listeners about is the idea behind using a credit repair facility or someone who claims that they can fix your credit. Um, There are nonprofit organizations that may or may not charge a small fee for their services, Um, and you can find listings for those services on the uh, NFCC.org website. That's the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Um, and what credit counselors can really help you do is is consolidate your credit into some type of debt management plan. And what that really means is, is you know, you're, you're kind of refinancing or re- bringing all of your credit together under one payment so you can simplify it where they help you manage it. But I would caution you to make sure that you're... You, you understand the service that you're using. It's a reparable service. You you look at some of the um, the reviews that they've had. You look at the nonprofit organization, for instance, to see the different types of providers that are out there. Um, and you make sure that they are not taking advantage of this your situation, that you're not paying a high fee for some type of balance transfer or debt management program, that there's a lot of alternatives out there that can help, help you. But the National Foundation for Credit Counseling which can be found at nfcc.org, can provide you some of the resources of the organizations that do provide um, counseling services that can help create some type of debt management plan for you. Awesome.
0: Well, Chris, thank you for all of this great advice. I think that this is something that uh, people need to think about and address and stay on top of so that credit is something that is a useful tool for them, not a heavy weight on their shoulder. So thanks again for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me and the one takeaway I would leave for everyone is, is that what you just said, your credit is a tool to help you achieve the things that you want to do in life financially. It's not necessarily a negative thing. Um, it can be a frustrating thing. Just take it one set at a, at a time, educate yourself on the uh, nuances behind, behind credit, wherever you can find that information and just continue to set goals and achieve them.